what I like to do is here's my expectation. Here's the goals. I communicate the vision. This is, but let's work together, come up with a plan and I make them part of the process, but then I also empower them. I give them tools and resources they need. Welcome to the threefold real estate investing podcast. This is the podcast where you'll not only learn how you can achieve massive success in multifamily real estate investing, but also how you can simultaneously pursue great relationships with your family and a better walk with God. You can achieve financial freedom through real estate investing without sacrificing the relationships that mean the most to you. Now, here's your host, Lee Yoder. Welcome back, three full listeners. I hope you're having a great week this week. We've got another great guest for you today. Ivan Bien, Bien, I messed it up already. Ivan Bien uh, is joining us today from Oklahoma City. Uh, Ivan retired from the Air Force uh, in 2021 as a Lieutenant Colonel. He flew B-1 bombers all over the world. And it's the military discipline and world travel that significantly contributed to his multifamily development initiatives, uh, dating back to 2016 with his partner, Tariq. Um, Today, Ivan and Tariq co-sponsor a significant asset portfolio under uh, Anthem Capital. Their company includes many investors, uh, 3,000 units, 19 different properties. Uh, they're in Oklahoma, but they've got uh, stuff all the way from Florida to Utah. Today, uh, Ivan's focus is uh, on asset management. That's what we're really going to dig into today. Uh, his company tasks him with all the business plan executions, deploying the latest property management technologies, and installing cutting-edge operational systems to stay ahead of the competition. Uh, Ivan takes pride in this, uh, leading his team to extraordinary results. Uh, yeah, this is this is stuff I harp on all the time. Uh, so Ivan, thanks for uh, joining us today. Really excited to get into all this. Um, I think we're gonna learn a lot from you today. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here, Lee. Look forward to it. Yeah, Ivan, before we jump into this, um, like I said, really, really wanna lean on your discipline and the skills uh, you learned in the military. Thank you for your service. Uh, of course, and I want to jump in all that, but I mean, if you don't mind, you're in the military, you know, you got a great career there. What got you interested in, you know, as you got out getting in, into real estate? Um, or I guess, no, you were already, you were already getting into it. So you were, you were into real estate for five years before you retired. What got you, what got you interested in it? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, uh, my interest started in real estate way when I, we right in the beginning when I first started. Oh, okay. My career. Okay. I, uh, I invested in the stock market in 2001 and basically I lost all my money overnight. Wow. Got burned. Wow. I did everything that I was supposed to do. And yep. I said, there's got to be a better way to put your hard earned money to work for you. And I started to learn about uh, passive investing and single family investing. And so okay. uh, I was getting a station to a new base from Rapid City down to Abilene, Texas at Dias Air Force Base. And uh, when I moved into town, my mother-in-law said, there's a lady going through a divorce. She's looking to sell a single family home. Maybe you should go see if you uh, uh, can get something going with her. And so yeah. I really just dropped everything I had at the time and went down and knocked on her door. And long story short, I was able to buy her house for $33,000 that day, uh, put about 5,000 down, rent it for about 850 and uh, created about a 300 a month passive income. And I said, there is something to this real estate game. Nice. That's how I got my first uh First taste of uh, the real estate world and got excited, went all in, started learning about it. I said, oh, wow, this is really cool. You can build passive income on the side while serving in the Air Force. Yeah. Fast forward, I realized I didn't like going to Home Depot about a thousand times a week, uh, working <laughs> all these little- It's been for a while. Yeah, good right? I, I've, I've been there. <laughs> working all these homes all over the place. And there's got to be a better way, a smarter way <clears throat> yep. to, uh, to allow me to achieve my financial goals. My goal is to be fully retired from having to work a W-2 job when I retired from the Air Force. And 
Right. So I jumped into uh, multifamily investing in 2016, started Anthem Capital. And uh, today we've done about 3,000 doors, 19 deals, multiple wow. states, exited yeah. 14 of those uh, 19 deals uh, so far and uh, raised about $90 million. Wow. That's awesome, Ivan. I mean, um, man, yeah, you know, such a common story. And it, I mean, so many um, guys and girls in the military, uh, because I think because you guys move so much, right? Like it, it, you hear that story often where kind of become an accidental landlord or something, but um, I feel like it's a real benefit because a lot of people just never kind of figure out the real estate thing. And a lot of people in the military, because, you know, move around, it, fall into it, you know, for whatever reason and, and see the power of it. And then, man, off and off the races. And like you, like you said, or I read in your bio, whatnot. I think also the discipline and, and um, the organizations that like that, that all plays into it. And it's like, man, if I could, you know, operate this, you guys, you know, you learn so much in the military and you're, you're um, you know, some of the best in the world, it was operational things. And so you're able to do that with a real estate portfolio. Uh, but it's, it's kind of neat that I, you know, always hear the story of you guys moving around and you get these houses, you got to move and, you know, and end up uh, figuring out the real estate thing. So, but pretty quickly, you know, you don't want to have houses all over the place running around, fixing little things. So you want to scale. So you jump into multifamily, you partnered up, um, man, grew an incredible portfolio. You guys have, you know, had incredible results. Um, you know, some of that is, is buying and selling well. Uh, but Ivan, I'm just a big uh, believer in you can't sell well unless you operate well. You've got to get from point A to B through the operational stuff. And maybe that's been kind of easy for a while. Uh, in some cases, cause rent has just gone higher and higher and higher and higher, but we've seen that level off and maybe we're, maybe it's going to pull back a little bit. So maybe operations are going to get harder. Maybe vacancy is going to tip, tick up. Maybe we're heading into a recession. So, um, if that's the case, you've really got to operate well. And I know that's your you know specialty there. You guys have done it you know well for a long time. So let's jump into that, Ivan. Um, maybe just tell us a little bit about some of the, um, the most important things to focus on, you know, that's your job. What are you most focused on to make sure your properties are uh, operating well? Uh, great question. I mean, at the end of the day, we uh, carry a fiduciary responsibility to make sure we put our investors' capital to work in order to meet or exceed the projected returns that we advertise for investors. So that's the bottom line of what we're looking at. We're yeah. there to make sure we create cash flow as the first and primary goal that we're focusing on. But it, it just doesn't stop there. I mean, of course, you're, you're managing a physical asset. And overseeing all of the components of a building to make sure we maintain it in good working order. Right. We want to make sure you have clean and functional uh, in, uh, units for tenants to rent and lease out. But a lot of the success of, or a lot of what it takes to create a successful investment is finding a good pro uh, property management company oh, and sure. making sure that uh, they are fully vetted and they have mm -hmm. uh, fully a full stack of systems and processes put in place in order yes. to operate these properties. Could not agree more. And Ivan, you've done that all over the country. So do you always have the same, I'm assuming maybe you don't have the same property management company on all of your properties. So you've probably vetted multiple times. Let's dig into that a little bit. I could not agree more. I have no interest in being a property manager myself. So we like to partner with the third party property management companies. We actually just recently switched uh, because you know, we end up finding one that's better. And to me, it's so important to have the best property management uh, that you can find. How do you vet that? Let, you know, yeah. someone's getting in the game, uh, maybe they're moving into a new market and they need to find, you know, best in class property management company. How, how do you go about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you get into a new market, uh, first get connected with other operators in your market mm -hmm. and hear from them what has been their experience with their current property management company. 
the likes and, and dislikes of current companies that they're working with and get a recommendation list and get introductions uh, to these property management companies. And then go and sit down and have meetings with the owner, with the VP of operations, uh, the regionals, uh, all the way down to the management level. When we go into a new market or any, when I go into any engagement with a new property management company, we're fully vetting that company inside and out. We're talking to uh, also um, brokers, uh, real estate brokers to see who they recommend. Uh, we'll talk to even lenders to see what their insights have been on certain companies. And then we'll talk to the company themselves. And so we are going into the back end of this company, of these companies to understand what systems and processes they have in place. First and foremost, got to make sure you have a very strong accounting team and staff. Is it one person managing 10 books? Is it two people managing 20 books? Or is it a whole full office full of people managing all the books? And we found the companies that have a very strong, top heavy accounting department operate these properties uh, very well. You got to know simply what the number, what the numbers are to understand where you stand. Right. And mm-hmm. we have had companies where uh, all of a sudden a hundred thousand dollars of unspoken for invoices would show up and it would hit the balance sheet. It would hit the uh, income statement. And like, what the heck is going on? Right. Meanwhile, we're out there pre- creating new projects, uh, creating uh, spending the dollars that we have and realizing we don't have a hundred K to pay the historical uh, balances, yeah. things like that, right? And so you quickly learn that, oh my gosh, you got to have a strong accounting department. So that's one. Another thing I look at is what is the ratio between the regional and how many properties they oversee in the portfolio? Oh, is it one to five, one to eight, one to 15? I found typically one to five to one to eight max is the good ratio that I like. Okay. Um, I, there's just so much that goes on with one property. Honestly, one property can be a full-time job for anyone, for anyone if you're doing it correctly while you're in the middle of a full rehab project and imagine eight of those, right? And there's a lot of minutia, a lot of details that go on. You simply can't cover it all. So I wanna make sure they have high bandwidth and a small viewpoint of, of number of properties they're looking at. Also, yeah. I look at how long have the employees worked at this company? We have companies that have such uh, great benefits, the great leadership, great uh, relationship with their employees that we have employees I've been with the company for 20 plus years. What does that say about the company? What does that say about the owner? What does that say about how he treats his people? And that trickles all the way down to the manager level where we had managers even their certain properties for 15, 20 years. That has a huge impact on how they operate your properties, right? So that's another thing we take a look at. Uh, I like to work with property management companies that are homegrown or in the vicinity of the sub-market that you're operating in. So like like Dallas is... Let's just say Dallas is one market, Austin, San Antonio, and we may have one company, maybe in all of Texas. But what I've found is a company that may have um, been grown in Kansas City or say a smaller town in Arkansas and we move into Dallas, you know, it didn't quite work out. And uh, that's just my perspective. I may be off on that. It may have been my experience, but I like local homegrown operators. And and, in case in point, the, the, the company that, uh, had properties in Arkansas. Uh, they ran them extremely well, and the manager to the where the manager grew up in the town that she was now working in, yep. right? And she knew how to speak the language and relate to the local popula- uh the local people to get those units leased at the rates that we needed to get it leased at. But every sub market has its own nuances and different ways you need to operate or different levels of aggressiveness you need to have yeah. to operate yep. property well. And so we have found that bring in people that are 
homegrown and locally based uh, in the prop with the properties that you're managing. I'm like you. I don't want to uh, to the, to this day. I don't have a desire to start my own third property property pro primarily because I'm I like to be in multiple markets. I like to be nimble. I like to be more opportunistic and get into the areas where I'm seeing uh, certain growth factors and macro level shifts and changes, positive yep. changes. And so I use more of a hybrid approach where I have my own backend team and staff overseeing overlooking different various operations um, that are kind of plugged into the primary uh, property management company. Yep. For us, that seems to be more effective that way and allows to be more opportunistic in the type of assets we're going after. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, sometimes I think it, it's beneficial to a to a company if you really want to scale. Sometimes it's beneficial to buy outside of your own city because you're forced to to run it like that. Sometimes when you buy in your own backyard, you might feel like ah, maybe I can just do some of myself. Maybe we can just manage ourselves, and maybe that works out. But a lot of times, if you really want to scale and you want to grow quickly, it, you're better off partnering with someone. It's got the property management down. Your story would would would, would show that. Um, and that's that we've heard enough people say that, that we've tried to go that route, even though we're buying in our own backyard. Uh, but I have one thing you said that's really interesting to me. Um, so I'm assuming that when you go to a new market, you you don't necessarily feel like, hey, man, it would make a lot of sense just to keep working with the same property management company. You would rather say, no, who is the best in this market? I want to work with them. I would rather work with whoever's best in this market, best suited for this market, as opposed to uh, it might be beneficial to keep working with the same property management company because then I'm talking to the same people or whatever. I know the reports are the same. sounds like you would rather, hey, if it's a new property management company, that's fine because I need to work with the best one in that market. That's exactly how I feel today. Exactly. Listen, I've tried it where I stick to one company and I'm going to just leverage that one relationship in multiple markets. It didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, I found that find a local company is a better way to go. Why? Because this these local companies, if you, if you have a new company in a market, and they don't have an establishment there. It takes a while to build relationships. It yeah. takes a while to create uh, HR momentum, where you're bringing in an inflow inflow of potential employees to work for you, right? Yep. right. Where in, in my case, where I try to bring an outside company into a new market two weeks prior to close, zero staff is hired. That is not a good place to be. No. You want those no. staff hired two, three months prior to closing, so they have been through the entire company training program. They've been uh, They've been trained to think and do things the company way, and they hit the ground running. Yeah, and oh, typically yeah. that hasn't that hasn't been the case. And where companies that are homegrown, established, they know all the vendors, and they know um, the city officials. You know yeah. all the state inspectors, all those tertiary parties that are involved in managing a property. They have those relationships, and those relationships go a long ways when it comes to operating these properties and getting things done. Yeah. Um, and then if, if they're well-established in that city, even as they're bringing people on, they've got people that can float to different areas. So to, to hold it down or they lose somebody, they've got other people that can move around because they're so well-established in that city. That's so, a great point yeah. to add on to that, especially yeah. in the maintenance world where a lot of times oh, you'll have goodness. floater maintenance yeah. staff or you have a, you know, a, a, a bench pool of maintenance personnel to help work, work down work orders uh, when you get backed up. And that's helped out tremendously when we have these homegrown companies we yeah. work with. I mean, I'm interested. Um, I, I love the idea. Um, you mentioned the ratio for the regional uh, vice presidents. Um, and, and just to give a little more color on that, if, if you don't understand, like most property management companies, you know, they've got they've got their C-suite people. They've got the, the accounting. We'll get into that a little bit. But, you know, you've got people on site. And so at any property that's, you know, around 100 units and up, you're going to have, you know, a, a leasing agent on site. You're going to have a full-time maintenance guy on site. And then as it get bigger, you might have 
one and a half in each of those positions, two, three, whatever. But there's somebody that kind of oversees those people. And that person, they don't do any of the on-site work. They're not doing the day-to-day work, but they're making sure that your the employees that are on-site are. And so they can manage more than one typically, but they, they can't manage 20 um, because those 20, even in one city, they're spread out all over that, you know, there's too many people to answer to. Uh, have you had an experience, Ivan, where you you thought you liked the property management company, you're meeting with the regional and you find out it's not one to five or one to eight, it's one to 15 and you have a problem with that and you walk away or you talk to them about that? I've had, I've had that experience. Um, and we've had walked, walked away, but listen, like proof is in the pudding. Like the facts will start presenting themselves and you'll start picking up the trail of like, something's not right, you know? Right. And, and I'll have all of this evidence to, to state my case, why things aren't, are going poorly. And lot nine times out of 10 is just because they have, you know, 15 properties under their belt and they they can't keep up with everything. And so, yeah, we've had to switch companies, right? Uh, as as a result of that, and it, yeah. it, it is what it is. But you know, one key thing though, manage those expectations correctly up front. Let them know this is what we like and what we expect, and this is what how we like to work with our regions at this level. If that works for you, great. If not, then maybe this is not a good match, right? Yeah. And make sure you clarify all of that in the beginning versus going down the road and we're like, oh, by the way, I don't like the ratio that you have. If you've got a regional that's trying to manage 20 properties, if they don't have a good accounting department, um, if, if their employees are all new, no one's sticking around, it doesn't matter how good of an asset manager you are. I mean, it doesn't matter how on top of them you you know you stay and, and you're hounding them every day. They're, they're not set up for success. So those things are so important. You mentioned getting referrals first. Couldn't agree more. I mean, how could you possibly know what it's like to work with a property management company until you have? You don't, but other people do. Um, one thing I've always said too is like, make sure the people you're talking to have worked with them for over a year because- a lot of times it, you may have the honeymoon period, right? And they, it may look good. Like you said, the proof's going to be in the pudding and you find out later. Now, once you find them though, listen, like they're the best asset on your team and treat them as such. Oh my goodness. Yes. Like, they're not your enemy and, oh, they're not your, yeah. and they're not your little kid. Good point. Yeah. So like they're part of my team. I embrace them. I, yeah, I embrace relationship. I'll nurture the relationship. I'll grow the relationship. Yep. I'll admit to my own wrongdoing when I'm making mistakes it's not a power play position as an asset manager and owner. Like you're, um, you're entrusting them with a multi-million dollar company, right? And yeah. you give them the keys, but you also have to trust them. You have to trust them. And you have to like, what I like to do is here's my expectation. Here's the goals. I communicate the vision. This is, but let's work together, come up with a plan. And I make them part of the process, but then yeah. I also empower them. I give them tools and resources they need. For example, if they're getting behind on work orders or getting bogged down because we had a really rough unit, I'm like, hey, listen, do we need to bring in a third party uh, crew to kind of get this unit turned around? Things like that. Or, hey, you need a golf cart because there's a lot of hills in this property. That makes sense. Let's get you a golf cart, right? Yeah. Yep. And then give them bonuses like, yep. and recognize them for their efforts. Like It's a thankless job because sure. you, oh, you're, yeah. you're never going to win. There's always right. something wrong. I don't know if you ever had those jobs in your life. I've had. And it's like, you can work hours, be on hours, stay up late, go in early, and still something will be wrong. Right. And, right. and you'll get blamed for it. So, like, right. have some appreciation for that, too, right, yeah. with yeah. these people. That yeah. goes a long, long ways when you, sh- you show care and concern and you value people and their worth. And to me, those are some of the things I think owners and operators don't quite understand. That, like, at the end of the day, this is like a – Everyone says relationship business, but it's leadership business. It's mm-hmm. not just managing, you're leading people, mm-hmm. you're caring for people. I think that is something that we can do better in this space. Yeah. 
the thing you've said a couple of times now, Ivan, it's so important in that with, with leadership. And I'm sure, you know, military, I'm sure hammers is home. Like is setting the expectations. I, I think that's so well said because again, if you don't do that up front, then it's really unfair to the, to the, to the property management company for you then to have that expectation when you didn't tell them that in the beginning, because they might've told you, we can't meet that expectation. We're not set up to do that or whatever. So setting that up front. And when you do, then you can move forward and, and hold those expectations and, and help them and lead them. So that's really well said. And I, man, I could not agree more. Um, it's really difficult uh, of a job. Like you know, you and I both said, we have no interest in doing it. So we should be really grateful to the people that are. Right, um, exactly. Right? And, and, and when exactly. they do well, my goodness, thank you so much. This is awesome. And when they struggle, hey, I know it's a hard job. I know it's a thing. Is that like, what can we do to step in? Um, I love that. I mean, we've done the same thing. Like we've been able to find outside um, uh, construction guys that can come in and turn some units. And, and I know for them, it, it's hard. And we want them to really do a good job of maintenance calls and keeping the current tenants happy. So if we can bring somebody from the outside and handle some of the unit turns, that really helps, helps all of us. And another thing is uh, spend a day with the regional mm. and shadow them and sit in on their training classes. I, I had a regional unpack her entire training program, show me all the slides, oh, wow. show me things from her perspective, show me things from a manager's perspective, what their roles, responsibilities, all their tasks are. And then show me how when an owner comes in and says, by the way, all this stuff, and she still has to get all of her stuff done and your stuff done, like, Go through that process. Yeah, and that'll yeah. make you help you become a better leader of these people as a result. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. I, this, this is awesome, man. Hey, three full listeners. Just want to take a quick break from the show to introduce you to our sponsor, Pure Property Solutions. They specialize in capex projects for multifamily and commercial properties in the tri-state area. They handle painting, carpentry, roofing, windows, and more. The Pure Property Solutions team prides itself on quality work for a fair price with excellent customer service. They are adept at keeping a good relationship with residents at the job site and are always willing to work toward a creative solution while keeping finances in mind. I can speak to this firsthand. We've worked with Pure Property Solutions on uh, a big project we had that they put in all new windows for us, um, all, all new decks, uh, did some roof work for us, and we just had a great experience. Um, they deliver a quality product. Um, they have good, good craftsmanship. Uh, good communication and, and to be honest with you like not everything went perfectly um, but when things didn't go perfectly they they returned our call they fixed it they got out they heard us and, and, and they made it right and that's that's, that's what you want uh, check them out if you've got a big capex project in the tri-state area check out pure property solution uh, the, the link will be in the show notes. now back to the show as we kind of bring this uh, around to a close um, I always like to ask uh, my guests what do you think is a key ingredient for being a successful real estate investor, specifically maybe in, in multifamily? A key ingredient to be a successful real estate asset manager? Yeah, sure. Let's 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 go there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, know yourself well. Hmm. Know yourself well. You got to know your strengths. You got to know your weaknesses. And once you know what that is, you know what you can work on. So I think that's that's one key thing is to know yourself well, uh, do a strengths test, uh, do all these different you know um, personality tests to really understand who you are. That way you'll know uh, how you can better effectively lead, manage, and yeah. maybe if you're not a systems oriented person, you can find someone on your team that is a more of an implementer versus a visionary, and you can <laughs> put in you. those yes. systems that so well said. the yep. machine will run itself and yeah. make your life a lot easier. Oh my goodness. So are you, are you the implementer, the integrator? I'm the integrator, man. That's okay. You are. Yeah. That's what I thought, <laughs> I'm not, 
I'm a visionary. And it's like, yeah, I just, it's not me, but I know it's so important. I need that. You know, I need my partners to, to do that because, oh, you're, yeah. So I'm a visionary. I cannot do that stuff. Not well. Uh, so really well said. Well, hey, a little uh, flip on that question, um, Ivan. For most of us, the reason we do real estate is is to improve our lives, to have time freedom, to have time with our family, the, the, the things that are, you know, even more important to us. For you, Ivan, what's that key ingredient to make sure while you're pursuing success in real estate, and you guys have certainly had it, what are you doing to make sure you're also having success outside of real estate with your your family, your faith, if that's important to you, and, and, and those things? I'm 100% all those things, family, faith. I mean, of course, that comes first. You know, I yeah. think, you know, honestly, this path that I've chosen, entrepreneurial path, um, is a path of self-discovery more um, than anything. Yeah. You know, the idea of being an entrepreneur, kind of a free thinker, free person. I was just sharing with my wife earlier today is like, man, it feels great to not have to go to the office and deal with office drama. You know? No, sure. You know, and so like you're literally on your own and, but you have, now you have the freedom to truly discover who you were from the beginning. And I think we go down these paths in life where we're told who we are or we we give our power away to some authority to let them tell us who we are. And, you know, like, for example, you get a promotion and that's you get promoted, you get elevated to different levels of companies, me in the military. And I was a lieutenant colonel, but I wasn't a colonel general. So that's how I was seen as this person. But you get to wipe that slate clean and really go on this journey of understanding who you are. And to me, that's fascinating. Because yeah. I'm learning more and more every day and it keeps me engaged, keeps me curious. And then I think that makes me a better human being. Like no one's perfect by any means. We always got rooms for growth, but it makes me a better person overall. So I can be a better father and husband for my wife, a better community leader, a better friend for my friends. Yeah. Because I took time yeah. to build myself. Yeah. 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 As you said, I love how you said that the entrepreneurship and the entrepreneurial journey is one of self-discovery. And it just made me think of times that my wife has been like, you know, I, I didn't know you were like this. Like when we got married, I had no idea. And I'm like, I didn't either. I, you know, Cause I've never gone on this journey. Right. I've been like, you know, yeah. In, in the corporate space, I, this never came alive in me. I, I didn't, I didn't know I was like this. I didn't know I had this, but I'd never been on this journey before. So man, I could not agree more. And, and it is, it is helpful. Like you can become a better person when you when you understand that and, and then choose to grow through that. Right. So really well said. Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, you're, you're active on um, social media. You know, I, I know you're on LinkedIn. We'll throw that. In. I know you're on Facebook, um, Instagram. We'll put all that in the show notes uh, is the best place. Um, you guys got the anthemcp.com and then unlock wealth potential. Those two websites at the place, best place to send people. Absolutely. Unlock wealth potential.com uh, is our active website to connect okay. with our Cool. Yeah. We'll put all that in the show notes. We'll send people over. Um, it's been great. Ivan, man. It's so good to dig in on um, property management. It's such a huge piece of asset management. So thank you for all that, man. This has been great. Um, before I let you go, I always like to ask my guests, how might my listeners and I be praying for you in the coming weeks? Yeah, man. I, uh, that's a great question. Praying for us. Um, I think the key is to just remain grounded in our true mm -hmm. selves and who we are and not let what is going on in the airwaves to get in the middle of what we need to do, what our roles are yeah. and where we're effectively putting ourselves today. In this case, asset manager, running properties, connecting with investors. We need yeah. to stay true to ourselves and keep moving forward in that path. Yeah. In today's time. Well said. Yeah. It can be hard sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you need to block all that stuff out. Sometimes we, we take in too much information, uh, staying grounded, staying focused on what we're doing, um, what God's calling us to. So important, man. We'd be happy to pray for that with you. Again, Ivan, thanks for coming on, man. This has been really, really helpful for me. Uh, I know my audience. So I uh, appreciate coming on today, man. Take care. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review. And check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.